Hello, everybody, and welcome back. My name is Charles, and this is the Bring It All Back Home podcast. Bring it all back home to the pandemic, I guess. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is Charles. This is the Bring It All Back Home South Jersey analog gear, a little bit of digital and a little bit of reaching out to friends and family and folks from around the world, seeing what they are up to. Um, yeah, can't wait to get started on this episode. So good to be back on the air, as it were, trying to reach you guys from around the world or whoever is listening. Because that's what we're dealing with right now. We're dealing with shutdowns, lockdowns, stay-at-homes. You know, so it's, it's, it's very much a kind of worldwide reaching out. At the same time, we want to kind of stay connected. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I'm going to get started with this latest episode. And this one's all about returning to the dark room. Yeah, so what is this dark room that I'm returning to? Uh, I'd like to just specifically go back to the listing, which I uh, had screenshot, uh, had taken a screenshot of back in 2016. So just to set it up, it's 2016, it's the fall. Um, I've been doing home processing for a while. My workflow pretty much just involves working with some chemicals from Ilford, mixing, you know, shaking and baking, letting the negatives dry, cutting them up, and using a scanner, uh, the Epson. Um, 550. Everything's working fine. I'm pretty good with my setup, uh, and I'm pretty happy, you know, developing and scanning both 35 and 120. So this is 2016. Everything's going just fine. One of the things, though, that got me back into a, a workflow for developing film uh, came from a YouTuber and a website guy uh, from UK named uh, uh Darkroom Dave. And Darkroom Dave has a really cool YouTube channel. Uh, I think he's got literally um, heads above the best five or six videos about how he does his development, walking you through everything he does from loading the reels to putting together his chemicals uh, to shaking and baking and just, uh, you know, letting his negatives dry. He also, though, has quite a few good videos about going to the next step. You know, he's not called Darkroom Dave for nothing. Uh, basically, he gets into, hey, here's a test strip. I'm working in the darkroom now. Uh, let's take a look at, you know, whether I should be going for four seconds or six seconds or eight seconds. He's showing you how he loads the enlarger. He's walking you through the steps of actually completing the darkroom process and getting a print Something in my brain triggered, uh, I, I don't know, if maybe I had a weekend off or maybe I had a couple more days off from work, but I started figuring, well, okay, I don't really have any room in this relatively small apartment. Uh, it's an efficiency. It's a studio. Um, but I do have a bathroom that, you know, is, is somewhat, um, should be somewhat easy to, to, to you know, to, to seal off in terms of light. So uh, it's a it's a bathroom that doesn't even have a window. So, so right off the bat, I mean, you know, ding, uh, at least I have something going for me here or setting up a dark room. On the other hand, it's a relatively small bathroom. It, you know, it's, it's just functional. There's a, there's room of course for literally a bath where, where I just take showers. There's a very, very small sink. Uh, there's room for kind of a cabinet above the sink. Uh, and there's obviously a toilet in there, and there's a room for like a little bit of a shelving uh, just next to the door. So it's one of those like, you know, um, 
you really can't swing a cat too much in this room. Uh, not that I have a cat to swing, you know, that bizarre expression. Anyhow, part of me was just intrigued. Like, okay, so everything's going fine. I have a really good workflow. Why would I need to get back into so-called wet printing, so-called silver gelatin, the, the original old school printing? Um, I think what kind of sold me was just because it had been so long. I think that's really what it was. Um, I remember going into work, uh, people would ask me about this thing I have for photography with where do you get your film? How do you get your film developed? Oh, I developed my own film. I'm using black and white. Oh, wow, how's that work? And, you know, and I would go on and then say, and then I just scan them, you know, <laughs> like, and I quickly get back into digital, you know. Well, so with watching these Darkroom Day videos, um, and really, 99% of the reason I wanted to try out the darkroom again was just seeing how much fun uh, and genuine fascination he had uh, on years and years of experience. I realized, you know, this is an interesting challenge, you know. I mean, I had not done this, as I mentioned, for 25 years, had not stepped into a darkroom, uh, had not seen uh, a piece of paper uh, come to life in front of me with the print. And really, it had been more than that. It had been almost 40 years since I'd, uh, you know, actually worked in a darkroom consistently uh, as part of my senior year in high school. So the challenge was there. Uh, so what I ended up doing was just, I knew eBay was going to be a joke because there's no way anyone's going to ship me a freaking enlarger. <laughs> the shipping would be insane. Uh, so I just started keeping an eye. And this was I don't think Facebook Marketplace was really quite active in 2016. It may have been just ahead of uh, that rolling out. So no, instead I just sort of uh, created a search on a you know a Craigslist app and just saved that search. And and surprisingly, it wasn't too long before this result came in. Luckily, my search went a little bit further uh, than. Norm, you know, so I, instead of searching just through Philadelphia or just through South Jersey or just through Central Jersey, it somehow managed to include Delaware. Uh, and yeah, I found somebody from Delaware selling some darkroom gear. Now, one thing I should probably preface this with is in 2016, I was going through the very first really huge wave of loving medium format. You know, I kind of had started with the Mamiya C330, uh, the 6x6, and I'm pretty sure by 2016, I'd already gotten into, I know I had, I'd gotten into the second one. So I literally had two medium format cameras, uh, the other Mamiya, the RZ67, um, which at even just four years ago was no longer the, was not quite yet the cult camera it became um, back in, in, in 2018 and 19. Uh, and now it's become a really, really hip camera on YouTube videos. But back in 2016, the, the RC67, there weren't many YouTube videos about it. It was just, yeah, it's another, it's just another medium format camera. Uh, so I had both and I was loving the 120, again, loving the process. Can't say it enough. I say it practically every podcast episode. If you shoot medium format, everything gets easier. The scan gets easier. The negatives are so big uh, that, you know, they're just a joy to behold. And and the, the issues with grain are no longer a problem as well. So you can try out different developers, so-called grainier developers, and still uh, get a beautiful image. You can shoot pushing it, et cetera, et cetera. So 
Not to go on a medium format tangent there. But yeah, medium format was a big, was the biggest passion I think I had uh, that summer and that fall of 2016. So again, just to rewind, I'm watching these videos from Darkroom Dave. I'm looking to get back into at least try darkroom printing just for a goof at the very least. I have, you know, I just want to find a, some kind of darkroom gear. This is the, the ad that I find. And I mean, just to cut to the chase, this kit that I went down to get is completely optimized for medium format. I mean, it was just an amazing, uh, amazing bit of kismet or just, you know, synchronicity. The first really decent ad I saw for a darkroom uh, uh, setup, again, all about medium format. So I'm just going to read it off for you. So this is the ad. I still have a screenshot. Complete black and white darkroom, $100, Wilmington. Uh, quote, I have the following for sale, must purchase all. A Bessler 23 color, extra large, uh, Dicrio enlarger, and can in parentheses can be used for black and white. A Schneider enlarger lens, 80 millimeter, uh, which he doesn't quite mention, is the top of the line 80 millimeter. There's a much cheaper version. His is the F4. Uh, and I'll get into the pricing in just a little bit. Uh, and he goes on, a voltage stabilizer, a gray lab timer. Doesn't even mention it's the more expensive one, the digital uh, 525. And this is where it gets absolutely astonishing. He no, He's not going to include just one negative carrier. These are the Bessler negative carriers. He's going to include them all. So he's got a negative carrier. Do you want to scan? I'm sorry. Do you want to do enlarge 35 millimeter? He's throwing that in. Six by six, he's throwing that in. Six by seven, he's got that. Hey, you shoot six by nine. He's basically throwing in four different negative carriers. Uh, an easel, not just any easel at the time, the, 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 the true standard high-quality easel, the Saunders 11 by 14, and a grain focuser, and a little processor for uh, really uh, washing your, um, your prints, uh, the Nova Upright, which unfortunately didn't really work. Okay. So that's what's, that's what's being offered. I met with a guy. He was really, really cool. I told him I was into this, that, and the other thing, you know, and he mentioned, yeah, he's moving, and he pretty much had gone completely digital. Uh, but this had been his passion, his, his major, major hobby, uh, doing darkroom stuff for at least 15 years. And he was sort of sad to see the stuff go, but I could tell that he, he, he trusted me, that I was going to put it to use. I was not some asshole who's just going to resell this stuff. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I definitely haven't resold this stuff. Um, but no, I was I was true to my word. I, I never th thought of uh, trying to, you know, uh, capitalize on this uh, this amazing sale. And, and speaking of which, he ended up not even charging me a single dollar. He, he's just like, you know what? Just take it. So yeah, what, what was originally advertised as a hundred dollar sale, uh, he gave away for free. It was challenging getting it into my car. It's kind of hard to visualize, but if you have seen pictures of an enlarger, from the baseboard to the top of the enlarger is generally around two feet, maybe maybe three. Uh, this is an extra large enlarger. So what's propping up the, the enlarger? You know, 
uh, is quite high. It's really, really high. So, so uh, it's it's an unwieldy guy. And and the baseboard, instead of being a baseboard, being somewhat man around, you know, two foot or something, the baseboard's uh, at least three and a half foot uh, long. Um, it's a big and larger, hence the extra large. So, so it was a challenge getting it into my car. It really was. Um, in fact, oh, it's all coming back to me now. We could not get it into the car the first attempt. It just wouldn't. It, it wouldn't go. We tried it another way. It wouldn't go. Finally, like I think the third attempt, we're like, oh yeah, I think it's gonna fit this way. Uh, so if we just tilted it the right way, it fit. And meanwhile, I'm thinking like, well, I don't know what we're doing to this thing. Like on the way home, you know, from Wilmington. Back to the Jersey Shore, you know, is one of the lamps going to break? Uh, is, is is something just going to fall apart on the journey? Because there, we there was no cushioning, <laughs> there was no original packaging. It was just the raw baseboard and an enlarger kit and all the other stuff, you know. Um, but it made it back, and uh, all I did when I got it back home was I, I plugged it in. Um, and I saw the lamp turn on, and I'm like, okay, great, I'm exhausted. <laughs> that was that was a major deal, getting this thing out of the car, back up into the apartment, getting it, et cetera. It, it had been a, uh, an unusual day, driving down to Delaware uh, to pick up an enlarger that was, you know, just happened to be the jumbo size one. Even though I live in an efficiency apartment, I am... Uh, uh, fortunate enough to have a pretty good amount of storage space in terms of my closets. So I was able to get this guy, as long as I put it literally on the ground, I was able to squeeze this guy into one of my closets. Uh, and I figured, yeah, well, you know, it's October. There might be a really uh, long weekend, uh, maybe an extended break for a couple of days in the spring. Uh, and I will try out the darkroom stuff because I finally have the heart of it. I have it all, a working and larger with those amazing, you know, carriers as, as well. What I didn't count on, though, was a certain degree of, you might call it apathy. Uh, I, I think things were going so well. With my scanning gear, you know, everything was going so well with just being able to like get my get my negatives developed, cut them up, throw them in my scanner, that I didn't quite have the next step of interest in actually doing the darkroom. I had the, I had most of the gear, but it was I knew it was going to take a kind of hunger, you know, a kind of like. God, I really got to get this going. Like, I really want to get this started. That that just didn't happen. <laughs> um, the funny thing was, I mean, looking back, I, I don't blame myself either because it had been 25 years since I'd even stepped into a darkroom. I had never put together any darkroom gear on my own. The two times I'd been in the darkroom before had been darkroom experiences where somebody else had set up the machinery and had set up the gear and had set up uh, everything. So I kind of just sat back and thought, well, you know, this will come together um, organically, you might say. And it finally did. <laughs> it took a year and a half, but it finally did. So fast forward from October of 2016 to what was it? I guess March. Yeah. March of 2018. You know, almost a year and a half. And finally, I'm like, 
I got to do it. Like, like this is absurd. I have this enlarger that has not been touched in 18 months or so. And I did have an extra, I guess, day off or something like that. Or maybe I did. Maybe I was just finally was like, I could, I'm like, I got to try this. So Al, and I, maybe too, I also had caught up financially on the things. I, I had room to, you know, spend some extra money on some, even though it wasn't that much. It was really a ridiculously small amount of stuff. But basically what I needed to get was some actual multi-grade developer. So that different developers use for paper uh, as opposed to for film. I need to actually get some paper. You know, so I needed a developer, I needed paper, I needed some trays, I needed some tongs. I needed something to be able to hang the prints up while while they're drawing. So I needed some clothesline stuff, some clothesline pins, completely in the dark of how to make the room a dark room. You know, what would I need to truly seal off the light? I wanted to work during the day. I wanted to work in the morning, at least. So I figured I would come up with a combination of gaffer tape and black trash bags. Um, you know, nothing pretty, but it seemed to make sense. So, yeah, I finally got approached the time where I, I had plenty of negatives to choose from. And I figured, let's try to get the first one going. Um, and I had a lot of beginner's luck. I really did. Uh, I ma- I managed to put the enlarger on the same stand. It's originally, it sounds so old, but it's originally a typewriting table, a little typewriting stand that used to be a thing back in the 80s uh, or even the 70s. Hey, where do I put my electric typewriter? So you used to be able to get these little stands, you know, and I still have one. Don't know really how far back this guy goes. So the enlarger fit on that perfectly. Uh, so that, could, and I had, and it has wheels too. Uh, so I put that in the, in the bathroom, of course, put the enlarger on it and use the tub as everyone else does for the wet stuff, you know? So I managed to find like a little three, uh, uh, three rack, um, wonder from Amazon and, and, um, and that could comfortably hold my trays, strung up, uh, the clothesline stuff to be able to dry it. Um, mixing up the chemicals was no different than mixing up stuff for developing. That was easy. Um, so there it was. I had my chemicals ready to go. I had my safe light seemingly working. I had my paper. All I needed to do was tape up the room, walk in, and try to get started. You know, again, 25 years since I'd ever touched this stuff. Um, and it really went well for the first couple of prints. I got extremely lucky. Uh, my first test print was really workable. I was very uh, quickly able to find the right time. Uh, so I did a test print, of course, where you, uh, you know, you basically set the enlarger um, where it fires for two seconds on part of the paper. Another part of the paper you cover up. Uh, you keep covering up different sections of the paper. So you get an exposure for two seconds, four seconds, six, eight. Or if you want to go even further, you could do like 2, 4, 8, 16, just to find the ballpark. Like how long do you essentially leave the exposure light on to develop your your, your, your negatives so that it looks fairly workable? I did two sessions, um, not back to back, but one in March, I believe it was, or April, and one uh, just before uh, our... I remember this because the two seem to be kind of correlated. I think uh, 
not to go off on a complete tangent, but the store I used to work in, um, they announced that we're closing. And I wanted to get one last uh, darkroom session in. So I think it was like late May. Uh, I did another session. Uh, and it was mostly um, just some favorite shots at the time, some some uh, Pentax 6-7 shots, some um, Mamiya C3, C330 shots, some 6-6. And I especially wanted to go back to one of my favorite 35 millimeter uh, rolls, uh, the FP4 um, shots with uh, Nikki, which were still one of my absolute favorites. Uh, just wrap around light. All the shots were really well exposed, and, and they were so easy to develop. What I never had a chance to do since May of 2018 was to break it out again. Just things got really, uh, uh, you know, Things got a little crazy, and and uh, I just wasn't in the mood. Uh, also, too, it was quite hot in there, so I didn't really want to do it in the summer. Uh, work started up again. Um, and, yeah, the last thing I had was the incentive to set it up the same way and get started again. When I say set it up the same way, I mean, yeah, lift up the enormous baseboard and enlarger from the closet drag it into the bathroom uh, and and land it on that stand, uh, take everything out of the shower uh, and the bathtub and replace that with the trays, you know, and, and get the paper going and get the safety light going and make sure the enlarger's working right, the timer's working. Like, it just seemed like so many steps to go through uh, with, with, you know, your day off, <laughs> you know, like... Uh, and I recall, which I mentioned in the last podcast, that jumping into 11 by 14 paper was really a huge mistake. I look back at those prints and just be like, why did I start so big? Uh, you know, I mean, I guess it was just a hangover from when I would order prints. I would never want to order anything as small as 11 by 14. I would typically go even higher, you know, and most of my prints are um, are nearly, you know, are typically like poster size. You know, I like to get like 20 by 30. So it seemed to me like to start with 8 by 10 just seemed so small. Um, but if you're working in the darkroom, 8 by 10 is a wonderful thing. Smaller is better. Um, you know, less is more. Um, it's going to give me the ability to use smaller trays to have plenty of room to dry my prints and to also hopefully come up with a method to maybe make this more regular. So where, where I am right now and where everybody is right now is, uh, what's today's date? Today is the 30th of March. I believe it's a Monday, although that seems almost meaningless. Where we had been looking at a two to three week break in our daily lives, a two to three week stay home, try not to catch this virus. We're looking at six weeks now. There is absolutely no way anybody in this part of the U.S., let alone other parts of the country, let alone other parts of the world, there's no way we're going back to work um, before May. So I suddenly realized like, it's not just an opportunity to get back into printing. What I would love to be able to figure out is how can I get this going? where I can kind of be able to make it a kind of workflow. You know, like, like, can I find a way to get the time down in terms of setup, you know? Um, so like right now, if I develop film, 
I don't even think about it. Like I know in my head, all I need to need is about 45 minutes. And I'm really the only preference I have is I like to get it done in the morning because I'm in that kind of zone where I'm not thinking about it too much. And at the same time, there's a certain degree of just, uh, repetitive concentration. I've done it. I've done this over and over and over again. I can just do it right now. As I'm doing this podcast, my extra large and larger uh, is sitting right next to me. It's sitting on the table that I would normally have my scanner. And I think this was a good move just to get started. I, I just kind of like, instead of constantly trying to drag this back into the closet, never see it again. I just, I just, for the last couple of days, I just keep looking at it, you know, turning it on, trying out the, the timer, trying out the different settings. Um, I want to kind of find a workflow where I could possibly leave this thing out, you know, uh, at least not just for this shutdown, but maybe going forward to, to an extent where, uh, I might decide to kind of rearrange my, my setup so where I could just easily go to do some scanning scanning, and at the same time be like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to do some scanning. I'm just going to jump right into the dark room. And that's one thing I still haven't done. Like I would love to go out, shoot some, uh, some stuff, you know, shoot some, uh, some medium format or, and instead of just developing and drawing the negs, um, grab those negatives and go right into the dark room. Like just do the whole round trip circa, you know, the last hundred years, which was how it was done. You know, back in the day, there weren't computers, there weren't scanners. This is what you did. You went and shot, you developed, you made a contact sheet, you circled your favorite pictures and you just went into the dark room and started working. And, uh, Part of me's yeah. Part of me's kind of intrigued to see if this might work. I do love the idea. One thing I went back and looked at some of the prints from 2018, and one of them, it was shot on Kodak Triax. It was shot with the Pentax 67. The way this enlarger, which again is the color head, uh, it's using a diffuser instead of a condenser lamp. Um, these diffuser lamps are known for creating a kind of evenness of tone, a kind of smoothness uh, that you don't get with condensers. Um, and I'm looking at the bokeh behind uh, one of the guys that used to work with us back at the pier. Uh, Toller was on his cigarette break. And the black and white bokeh in the print was just so creamy. I mean, just so perfectly smooth uh, in a way that I've never even seen um, going back to the going back to seeing it on my screen, going back to the digital scan. Uh, and that's one of the things that really, really kind of intrigues me. You know, getting into darkroom stuff is a whole shebang. And, and, and I think in a lot of respects, it's one of the things that may have put me off from thinking I could be a photographer back in the day. You know, when I was in high school, um, I remember enjoying the darkroom class. I remember not feeling pressured or not feeling left out or falling behind. But another part of me thought, this is kind of like voodoo. <laughs> you know? Like I just felt like I don't think in, at ever in any point I was like, yeah, I could get really good at this darkroom stuff. There was always kind of that, you know, it was always kind of like this feeling of like participating in something where there's no way I'm going to be able to master this stuff. You know, it just seemed really intimidating to be totally honest. Um, you know, now, you know, obviously everybody has gazillions of tools to edit their photos. 
uh, in ways that go a million years beyond light, uh, beyond a darkroom uh, setup. Um, but there's still a missing magic. There really is. And, and especially the number one reason why I still shoot film is, is, you know, when you keep developing role after role of black and white, you begin to be, you begin to really appreciate it's real black and white, you know, it's not just a digital conversion. Um, and having a beautifully made or at least a workable print of a black and white where those tones are really glowing and, and you've, you've gotten, um, the sharpness down and you've gotten the bokeh is just contrasting with it and being really smooth. Let alone if perhaps, you know, there's a, there's a wonderful degree of tonality in it. It's a neat thing, you know, and, and yeah, I don't think I'll, um, I don't think I will, you know, how can I say this? I don't think I'll have the opportunity to ever become great at darkroom printing. Um, but who knows, <laughs> you know, uh, I could I could at least possibly go from being a l still a little bit intimidated to being possibly um, confident at a workable level, and, and that would that would still uh, ring uh, really really true for me if I was able to at least produce workable prints. Um, I you know I might uh, I might see it as as being an amazing opportunity because that's a wonderful thing too with prints. You know if you've gone the whole journey, if you've done all the developing, and you've done all the printing. You have created a unique work. You know, this is something unique. You had full control over this. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of satisfaction uh, in, in these, uh, these long, drawn-out things. So that's pretty much it for today's podcast. It's just kind of a warm-up to getting started. Um, I have the 8x10 paper. Uh, the enlarger does seem to be working, as well as the safe light. Um, I'm pretty much ready to jump in sometime early this week. I think I'm going to be getting the 8x10 trays, which would make should make things so much easier, having just smaller trays to work with. Um, so I should most likely start working on this uh, within a couple of days and, you know, wish me luck. I hope it will uh, keep going. Um, I'm expecting anything could happen. You know, uh, this could be really great. This could be horrible. <laughs> you know, something could immediately stop working where I'm just like, yeah, I'm putting this back in the closet and getting my scanner going again. So who knows? I'm beginning my journey back into the true dark room uh, and I'll keep you guys posted. Uh, I know there's opportunities for everybody to keep ourselves sane and, and uh, inspired during this shutdown uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, you never know. You know, uh, I think a lot of people are looking online to perhaps, I mean, even just learning something new, finding some educational courses, um, regardless of what subject it's, it is. Maybe it's work-related. Maybe it's just fun-related. Maybe a, a lot of people I work with are getting back into cooking. You know, uh, anything you can do to kind of just keep, uh, keep something stimulating, you know, cause I know for, uh, for myself, um, two weeks have gone by and there have been a couple of days during the shutdown work. I don't even know what day it is. Truly have no idea what day it is because everything's starting to blend together. Um, and we're all kind of just, uh, working with through this as, as well as we can. Uh, and again, uh, to end this, I want to give a huge shout out to, uh, all the amazing people who are who are helping this, us to stay healthy in the in the medical field uh, here in Jersey and New York City, um, they're going through just about the most challenging crisis um, that's ever happened before. Uh, 
Uh, so uh, stay safe and uh, help everybody get through it. And I'll see you in the next podcast.